Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Welcome to Drinking Bros, kids. Big week, Super Bowl week. Just the beginning here. Monday is when it really starts to set in that you're actually playing in the Super Bowl, D'Anthony. Who better to have on the show than a former Super Bowl MVP mm. like Santonio Holmes? How are you, sir? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, fellas? All is well, man. Thank you guys for having me on the Drinking Bros, man. Oh, Absolutely. hell yeah, dude. It's a, it's a dream come true for me personally. I'm a Buckeye. I went to Ohio State. I graduated from the Ohio God State University. Is that what we're going to do? You. We're yes. just going to sit here and let you that's guys. The way you, that's the way you're supposed to start this show. No. What you mean? No. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about that bullshit. Yes, they do, man. You were, you were one. Look, you were one of the very best college players, uh, in my opinion. And then it translated to the NFL. And you don't really know uh, until you get there. Um, what was that transition like for you when you got drafted out of Ohio State to go to the Steelers? Oh, my God, dude. When I say one of the most nerve-wrecking moments uh, of your life, when you hear the stories about people coming, calling out the woodworks, needing help, support, services, it comes with the territory. Yeah. And I think that was probably the most scared you know, time that I had in my life where I really didn't know how to interact with my family at that point uh, because I knew everybody had needs and wants um, and to, to, to be able to satisfy all those needs and wants at one time, you know, I, I really didn't see, you know, myself making it happen. And I just had to focus on my career and uh, my kids that I had at the time. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a great point because a lot of people don't think about that, right? You, you, you have this focus, you know, first to win a national championship. Obviously, I'm sure it started in high school, high school, you know, championship. And then great, you get to Ohio State, you won the national championship. Then you kind of, you're, you're just hoping to make it into the NFL. Not really sure if you will or if you won't. But then when you do and it hits, now that's real money because nobody can take money from you in high school as a kid or in college as a kid. Um, but now you sign a huge NFL deal and people do come out of the woodworks for it. How did you decide? Um, like, all right, I'm going to help so-and-so, but I'm not going to help so-and-so because somebody's not getting some money there, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it was more so about taking care of my grandparents first and foremost, um, you know, knowing that they were the ones that brought my parents into the world and, um, you know, they were there to take care of me uh, when my parents, you know, couldn't uh, support me, you know, 100%. Um, so my grandparents were definitely uh, first and foremost uh, taken care of. Uh, then it started trickling down, you know, to mom. Uh, and I had kids, you know, obviously, and I had brothers. So I uh, tried to make sure, you know, everyone was taken care of in accordance. But the biggest thing for me was to educate them on how important it was for them to do for themselves in order for me to help them. Because I didn't want to become an enabler um, and, and, and have them, you know, always wanting to depend on me uh, to take care of them. So uh, my suggestion to my entire family was um, the more you can do for yourself, the more I can help you uh, do do better. So um, we we followed that rule and um, a lot of my, my family members started doing better. So I started helping out more. 
That's great because, you know, I remember with uh, Kobe Bryant, he went through a similar situation with his family uh, very, very early on. Obviously, he was coming out of high school and everything. And then he made a conscious decision to say, look, I can help you a little bit. But after that, you're kind of on your own to make your own life. Um, it, it seemed like he had a good relationship with his sisters and they were able to do things. But then he, he had a falling out with his parents over that. Did you have a falling out with anybody over the money where they were like, yo, man, I thought we were in this together. We we're homies. And, you know, you fucked me. Like, uh, did that happen? Man, I mean, if we can get into those stories, man, it would be a sad day, uh, you know, for the MVP on you guys' show. So, uh, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet. But it's, it, look, it's, it's, uh, it's important, man. And, um, you know, shit, when I was at Ohio State, obviously, it's a, it, look, it's an NFL factory, right? Um, there's so many Buckeyes that are littered through the NFL, but there's also so many Buckeyes who had gotten drafted or in or out of the league in a couple years, and that's it. Most of them aren't. <clears throat> able to go on and do what you did. And I saw the negative side of it. So, I, you know, a friend of mine, I'm not going to say who it was, was a wide receiver at Ohio State, had a very big catch in a very big season one season, you know, rolled up in a brand new Mercedes, brand new Rolex right before the draft, was still in school. And I was like, hey, man, you know, and I chatted with him. I was like, hey, man, you, yes, you're going to get a decent contract, but probably not what you think. And the agent's going to take that, that money for that car and the money for the Rolex out of that contract when you go in. Are you sure this is what you're going to do? But everybody out of college just thinks, dude, this money's going to go forever. I'm going to be the greatest. I'm going to be a Super Bowl MVP. Um, and it did not happen, and it's super tragic. I think it, it all boils down to um, everyone just not realizing how big it and how important, excuse me, uh, it is to study and learn about personal finance. Mm -hmm. The reason I went to college, I wanted to be a banker. More importantly, to be a banker, I wanted to actually own the bank. Right. I realized when I got to college that accounting wasn't for me because I couldn't study plays, practice, take care of my kids, and study my accounting work. Mm. Yeah. So I focused in a little bit more on school and uh football and when i said i focused in more i just wanted to graduate i just wanted to get out of school so that i could go and make a million dollars and when i got to the nfl i didn't realize how fast one million dollars would leave your hands at the blink of an eye when you have never even seen a million dollars right yeah so when it comes down to paying taxes uh and like you said you're owing uh someone back for the money that they loaned you uh you're helping out your parents. You want to buy yourself a new car. You want to get a new new house. Um, that's a million dollars in itself that is gone before you ever even count what a million dollars would even look like. So my advice to everyone is to study finance, to understand personal finance before you become a multimillionaire, which will allow yourself to make clearer and better decisions when it comes down to your financial history, you know, in longevity. Yeah, I mean, there's been a number of guys who have done it <clears throat> the right way, like LeBron, obviously, building a brand, mm -hmm. right, and keeping – it's it's uh, kind of a trope, I guess, that guys enter the league and then all these assholes that they knew from back in the day are just stragglers. They're just hanging out, consuming. I guess uh, Mayweather is the best example of that of all time in sports, right? He's at like 50 dudes on his staff that make 100 grand a year or some yeah, shit like that. Yeah, 80, I mean, that's, yeah. that's ridiculous. 
Yeah, it, it's crazy, but uh, yeah, you, you get caught up in that world and in the moment and everything else. And uh, the reason why we bring it up today is because you know the, the financial uh, market and the you know the stock market that's on everybody's minds around the world today with with the Reddit stocks, with you know AMC and uh, uh, you know GameStop and all of that stuff. But uh, you're a guy who, uh, again, when you sign a, a huge contract, you get that money right away and it's quick, and it's hard to tell some people that a million dollars can go like that, but you're right. I mean, look, from the Hollywood aspect of it, because I'm sure your agent was probably taking 10%, um, and then you have taxes on top of it. Uh, and by the time that gets to you, you're probably looking at 35 to 40% off of that initial million dollars. And then, yes, buying a house and, and uh, cars and all that stuff are expensive, and they add up before you can even take a breath and be like, all right, what do I do with the rest of it and how to invest it? Absolutely. Uh, one of the smartest things that I realized was to, to get someone to just coach you up on what investments are like. Um, put a couple dollars into the stock market and learn what it's like to watch the money increase or decrease or uh, figure out when to trade or when to get out. Um, you learn these things personally. You become a little bit more intelligent and uh, educated when it comes down to having these financial meetings, either with your advisor or with other people that are interested in talking uh, in a business network setting. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and again, with what's going on right now in today's current market, a, a lot of these uh, analysts and hedge firm, hedge firm guys are you know, saying that these kids are irresponsible. But with me, it's the same thing. I, I agree with you 100%. Like, hey, you've got to learn somehow, right? Either no one to get in or no one to get out. But at least you're trying, and, and it appears as if a lot of these kids are at least learning at an early age. We're not saying to invest all your life savings and all this stuff, obviously, but uh, it, it doesn't hurt to start and learn. Because look, you learn if you lose money, uh, a little bit of money, and you also learn if you gain a little bit of money. You're like, all right, cool, I want to hold on to that, and I want to buy something. Um, and I know this is a weird way to start the show with you, uh, but... Uh, I think it's very important because that, that, that topic is on everybody's mind right now. Um, and now we can get um, in. Yeah, go ahead. To feed, to feed into that, uh, this conversation that this was a great topic that we started this conversation at because the whole model behind this MVP brand is to educate young athletes who are in high school on the potential of their net worth before they become pro athletes. And that's by building the business and taking advantage of your peers and your groups getting out and speaking to uh, uh, business leaders and community leaders in inside of your own community will set you up for yourself having a prosperous future. It's one of the things that I wish I would have learned when I was a high school MVP in football and in track. Uh, when I was an all-star MVP in the all-star football game of my senior year, mm -hmm. when I went and played out in the California versus Florida all-star game, you know, the first time I ever flew in an airplane was to fly to California. Uh, and then getting, getting uh, selected to, to play at the Ohio State University. No one taught me what it was like to, 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 to go into business or to meet someone or to just have conversations with them so that the money that I was making when I was hunting rabbits uh, and going fishing with my grandfather and my uncles and my brothers when we were younger, I could have put all that money in a pile knowing that I never needed it until the right time. But I could have learned how to invest that money in the beginning had someone just educated me that much on how important it was for me 
to learn about financing and to get with people of importance. So that's what this MVP brand is. It's going to educate and motivate young kids through excellence and giving them a platform and a background to learn what it's like uh, to be in business, to have a name for yourself and to build a brand around who you are, which is someone of importance that every business leader, uh, every school or, 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 or uh, every business in the world is looking for those type of individuals who are leaders uh, in their own respect. But they don't know how to translate that respect on the football field into that kind of respect in the business world. And I think that's what the MVP brand is going to do is educate and motivate young high school kids through excellence. Yeah, that's good, man. I mean, I, I think a lot – there's been some progress made on that. Again, like I said, it's a trope for guys to get into the league and just have – a posse that's draining them or not know how to handle themselves financially because they've never seen that kind of money before. Um, and uh, most, not most, I can't, I can't really say that, but a lot of the financial advisors they've been working with over the last 20 years have been more predatory and in, in it for themselves than they are actually for the, for the kids. Um, <clears throat> I wonder if shows like baller kind of present that in a, in a, like half dramatic, half comedic way where people can consume it and understand that there's a real issue there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, when I say people, I mean the kids that are getting involved in it because, I mean, the, the way that NCAA works, even having a financial advisor at that point in your career could become problematic, like eligibility-wise. Sure. So we're just setting these kids up for fucking failure. Yeah. And for the most part, right? Absolutely. So, it's, so what what exactly is your plan as, as far as, uh, is it is it like, you, you take people from the NFLPA or, or retired guys or, or current guys and you try to match them up one-on-one -on -one and, and, and help these kids understand what the hell they're getting into or what? Um, first and foremost, uh, we would like to just partner with um, major businesses in small communities. Um, they always talk about it takes a village to raise a kid. Mm. But when we actually look into our villages and see that none of the community leaders or I wouldn't say none, I'll take that back. Some of the community leaders are stepping up to the plate, but a majority of them are not. And when it comes down to uh, 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 supporting um, charity events and charity uh, uh, foundations, not every business in the community that is accepting our hard earned dollar every day uh, in our convenience stores and grocery stores are putting forth the effort to support every person that has a foundation or a business uh, of interest to give back to the communities. And that's what our brand is gonna do is partner with these small and big businesses in these communities to be able to educate these young athletes uh, on how important it is to learn business at a young age and to get familiar with, with what it's like to work inside the industry. Because I'm 36 years old and to this day, I've never held a job to work for anybody other than professional football. And that's sad on my behalf because I didn't see myself wanting to work for anybody when I was younger in high school because I didn't have any desire for the money uh, at that time. It was just about going to school, trying to get an education, trying to get off to college and get out of this poor town that I've grown up in. So I want to be able to educate uh, as many people uh, on how important it is that we actually do give back because everyone can be an MVP. And you are the most valuable person in your community because you are built. You have built a way for yourself to be successful. So therefore, now, just like every MVP in every sport and every profession, we're all taught to give back to our community. So now it's our turn as professional athletes to reach out to every person of every interest in the community of business 
that they are a part of this community and they are helping and willing to teach and educate our young individuals. Yeah, man. And I think it's amazing because it, it does take somebody famous too of, of stature with a name behind you when it's like, all right, cool. Everybody knows who Santonio Holmes is, right? So chances are these kids are going to listen. Having a Super Bowl MVP uh, and having, you know, a catch as iconic as yours really does, you know, it, it, it gets ingrained in, in kids' minds. We're like, oh, I know who that is. Therefore, they'll be, they'll be more susceptible to take your advice to be like, yeah, dude, this guy was the, that's the highest. What you did was the highest you could possibly go in your profession. Um, and I think more kids will be able to sit down and be like, I would rather listen to the MVP rather than a, a guidance counselor or somebody like that in high school. Um, it's, you know, as sad as that is, but it's true. But not a lot of people go back and do it and help their communities. Absolutely. And it helps to just reach out to the guidance counselor of your high schools because they are the ones that are most connected with the kids and the people of the community. And I think that's just one advantage that we need to take uh, take heed to that that we start to give back to our community in more ways than just throwing football camps and uh, just showing kids how to play sports. Uh, I think we need to build more uh, symposiums and seminars around our high school athletes and uh for young females, uh, as much as it is important for our males. So that they, they are all educated and given a fair opportunity at everything that, that is out to offer. Uh, the social media world is so big that these star athletes, they don't have their closest friends or they don't know how important it is to reach out to somebody that wants to be in media in high school to go out and film them and record them and video them and, and help them build you know, around their brand. And that's what the MVP brand is here to do. So to your point, like that's why I started this because when I got to the pros and I became Super Bowl MVP, everybody just wanted to take as much as they can from an autograph's <laughs> perspective so that they could have an autograph written by Super Bowl MVP, but didn't want to pay the respect for it. Right. And no one wanted to teach me how to get into business and capitalize off of this particular moment in time that would never be capitalized from again. So that's why I want to educate as many young stars uh, as possible. And even those that are not stars so that they could build relationships with their fellow stars and classmates in their schools so that they could now become advisors at some point. If one of them are working in the bank that they could educate uh, uh, their fellow peers, you know, on how important it is to invest a few dollars for the next five to 10 years or three to five years and, and your returns and what you can do in the future. This is what we need uh, in our communities. I agree. Uh, tell everybody the website and where they can find it, by the way. Uh, the website is not up yet right now, but okay. uh, this is all a part of uh, the, the brand. We are building a brand. We want to become the next Nike, Under Armour and Adidas, but we want to educate people on how important it is to build a brand you know, around themselves. But the mvpbrandinc.com, uh, our, our domain is down, but we are actually in the process of cleaning up our entire website. But our 10 All In Foundation is what is going to take on the bulk of what this MVP brand is actually speaking about. Great. So we have a foundation that's called the 10 All In Foundation.org, and you can check us out uh, and see the uh, community service and the work that we're doing because we're dedicated to changing the lives of our, of our poor communities.
Yeah, and I look. We know how hard it is getting a website up and going and mm. maintaining it properly. <clears throat> we've we're, we've supposed to have this new merch out soon. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, Jared Taylor. It's always something. <laughs> it is always something. Um, so look, somebody to blame. It's Super Bowl week. Uh, no one knows it better than you, obviously. Um, this one's a little different, however, because you don't have uh, a couple guys or a team who's going into the week blind, right? Uh, typically, you know, over the past 20 years of the Super Bowl, there's been a new team in there that has never experienced this before. Obviously, the Chiefs are just coming off a of victory. Tom Brady is there every single year of his life, which is sh- shocking to me. I mean, looking, looking at the numbers, like, I look, obviously going to Ohio State, I have a hard time saying Brady's the GOAT simply because he was terrible at Michigan. Um, jeez, right. dude. I, th- they, I think they only beat us once out of four or four times when he was there. And I was like, what the fuck, Brady? Um, but you can't deny his greatness right now in the NFL. Clearly, he's going to have these guys prepared and he's ready for the game. Um, what was it like for you that opening week uh, when you went in there? Because the, the first time uh, you, you guys what went back to back. Did they go back to back or did you win? You're talking about the Steelers? Yeah, the Steelers. Uh, I think it was... Uh, there was a gap. There was gap a gap in yeah. time. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. Yeah, we came. We uh, the year I got drafted in 06, They won the Super Bowl, the 05, 06 season, and then we won in 08, 09. That's right. Yeah, kind of. It seems so close. Yeah. Um, what yeah. was it like the first time you were in there? Because the second time you knew, um, but the first time had to have been wild. Well, I actually went to the Super Bowl. Uh, that was the year I got drafted. Yeah. So I grew up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Um, I went to the game up in Detroit, so I got a chance to watch a majority of the game. Um, and just to just to be there in the atmosphere was awesome. Uh, being out on Radio Row, you know, being interviewed and get to see some of the stars, all the guys you looked up to, you know, come draft time. But then it's your turn to play uh, in the Super Bowl. The 07 season, I went to, to another Super Bowl, which was my second Super Bowl ever. Uh, I went to watch Plexico uh, catch the game winning touchdown against the Giants. Uh, excuse me, the Patriots, and I'm sitting on the 50-yard line. I'm sitting on the 50-yard line, and I witnessed Plexico Burris catch the game-winning touchdown. So after that uh, touch, that that game, I went back to actually – this is a funny story. I went back to Tampa. I went to Tampa to meet Jerry Rice for for three days so that we could train and have a little session and talk. No way. And he was open and receptive to that? We, we, we met for the first time um, at the Super Bowl in 07. I got a chance to play with him in a golf tournament. And he actually taught me how to swing a golf club. So, you know, I'm super geeked. I'm riding in the golf cart with Jerry Rice. Like, I, I really don't know how to act right now. You know, I'm just having a good time. So I politely asked, like, um, would it be too much for me to ask you if – you would spend, you know, two days with me actually training and showing me, you know, some things that uh, that I could take with me for the rest of my career. And he said, absolutely. So we were both with the DeBarta Law Agency. Uh, and so we met up down in Tampa after the Super Bowl, which was literally probably about three, four days after the Super Bowl was over. We went down for a couple of days because I was training in, uh, in Dis- at Disney in Orlando with Coach Tom Shaw. So those two days went by, and February 2009, I was in the Super Bowl in Tampa catching the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, no I mean, way. Was Jerry so, there? Was Jerry Rice there? So that 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 wiped that slate clean on how it led to me getting to that Super Bowl. And to go back to that 
that week of the Super Bowl, it was it was more so just trying to soak everything in with getting your parents situated, getting your family's tickets, uh, and and just being there in the atmosphere because we had media, you know, at least three times before the game. Um, so you have to really be prepared, focused, and uh, uh, on your game. I think for me, it was just another game that I was super excited to actually get a chance to play back in the state of Florida because it was only my second time playing in the state of Florida uh, since I left high school. Man, what? what that, yeah, like I, I wonder, did it help you? being able to watch the game and get to experience that radio row and all that stuff before actually doing, doing it and going through it. Cause Dan and I, you know, pre COVID typically cover all the super bowls. We go down for all the activities and it's a blast and you could easily get caught up in the whole week of that chaos. Cause your favorite bands are in town playing all your favorite celebrities and movie stars and all that stuff are there. We're not playing in the game and we were able to party, but I was like, <laughs> Hey man, if I was down here, I would be tempted to, to yeah. you know, to go to all these concerts oh, and all a, that stuff. As an athlete end of your season, please enjoy yourselves and be responsible. <laughs> you're supposed to enjoy the Super Bowl yeah. festivities. If you're not playing, uh, these are once in a lifetime moments that, that we get an opportunity to be a part of because we're, we're in this brotherhood. So, for me to actually have that experience uh, uh, standing on the sideline, you know, before the kickoff of the Steelers versus uh, Seahawks game to sitting in the 50, sitting on the 50 yard line uh, the next year, watching uh, uh, the, the, uh, the Patriots play against the Giants to the following the next year that I'm actually playing in the Super Bowl. I had lived that moment, you know, over and over as a kid. And I tell this story as many times as I could possibly tell it that, in 95, man, I witnessed that game that the Steelers lost to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And I remember <clears> sitting in my chair thinking to myself that if this was me, that would never happen to me in a Super Bowl game. Like, that should have never happened to our team. I was hurt. I was crying. I was devastated. And I asked God that if that happened, you know, if I could be the one person that could make that happen one day in time. And 13 years later, you know, God granted me the opportunity that I could play a, a Super Bowl Sunday. Well, you definitely took advantage of that opportunity. I mean, a lot of people feel like, <clears throat> and you'll hear it from Steelers homers a lot too, but I'm not one of those people. And you got to rank this up with the, one of the best catches in Super Bowl history because yes. not just the catch itself, which is incredible. Yeah. I mean, you're like triple covered. You jump up to the back corner of the end zone, snatch the ball down, still have the presence of mind to get both uh, toes down. Tip-toes, but yeah. the fact that it was a game-winning catch at the end of a very contentious game uh, in addition to the greatness of the catch itself, you got to think that's one of the best of all time, right? Yes, and especially what you what you went through right before that, because you, yeah, I mean, you, you dropped a ball right before that, right? And I, dude, dude I, I don't even want to think. I don't even want to think about it. I mean, because like it's fun to talk about now, because you look, you made the most amazing catch in the world, which is the hardest catch in the world. Maybe you've dropped the easiest one in the world. No big deal. But at that time. On the field, when you drop that ball, because you're 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 aware that 110 million people are watching, everybody's watching from all over the world. Did you think, oh my God, my life is over? I dropped this ball, and I'm going to be the one that is going to be the scapegoat for all of this forever. Um, like, did that go through your mind before you went back to the huddle? When I went up to catch that football, I saw the ball leave Ben's hands. 
all I could think about was get two feet down, we'll be all right. When I put my hands up to reach for that football, I just knew I had that catch. Then immediately my eyes went directly down to the ground to look to see if my feet were inbound. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> and the ball slipped right through my hands. And as I hit that ground, all I could think about to myself was, well, there's your chance to become Super Bowl hero. And, and it was gone. You right? almost had it. You yeah. almost had it, Tone. That's all I kept saying. Like, you almost had it. I was like, how could you drop a touchdown in the Super Bowl at this moment in time? So, so as I scurried back to the huddle, man, I was I was discouraged. But I knew it was still football. It was still the moment that somebody got to throw a ball. Somebody got to catch it. Somebody got to make a play. Heath Miller's next to me, Heinz Ward on the other side. He said, don't worry, Tone. You know, he's going to throw you the ball next time. I look over like, dude, what are you talking about? He's not coming back to me after. I just dropped a wide open touchdown. Right. He's not throwing me the football. Hines sit over here. Hey, don't worry about it, young buck. You'll be all right. We'll get the next one. Yeah, he might throw it to you. Then you win the game. So what? I mean, sure. You know, that is cool. Anybody can get it now. Like, yeah, absolutely. Whatever the case may be. Yeah. Uh, Ben comes running back in the huddle, and I didn't really want to look at him because I already know, you know what I mean, the look on his face was going to tell everything. <laughs> so he, you know, at the corner of the helmet, you got you got a little, little crack out of there. You can see, you can make <clears throat> eye contact. And uh, he looked at me, closed his eyes, took a deep breath, gave out the play call. And when he gave out the play call, I said to myself, oh, shit. <laughs> He about to throw this football. <laughs> well, I mean, who in, who in the stadium thought you were getting the ball again in the end zone after a drop? Right? I did not. I thought it was Bruce. I thought, I thought we were going Bruce to Bruce Arians. Yeah, Bruce, hey, Bruce Arians do. Come on. Head coach, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today was my <clears throat> offensive coordinator back in 2007, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians called this play for us in the playoffs from week one. Maybe ran it throughout the last couple of weeks of the regular season, but we never used it in the game, never called this play. We ran it in practice every day. We ran it after practice every day. We, I dropped every pass. I was out of bounds. <laughs> I, I tiptoed on the sideline. The DB intercepted it. They knocked it out of bounds. We never completed this play. The last play on Super Bowl Friday – was that same exact pass play. Did Anyone know what I did to it? Did you drop it? I dropped it. <laughs> I dropped it. <laughs> Coach Randy Feetner, Coach Feetner had come to me and he was like, hey, we we kind of had a good thing going, uh, you know, this far. And I was like, what do you mean, Coach? He said, uh, you know, every time we throw in this play to you uh, in practice, you either dropped it, we out of bounds, or DB intercepted, knocked it down, whatever the case may be. He said, uh, how about this last play here? Just don't even worry about catching it. We out there, shorts and uh, T-shirt, you know, helmets, run the last play. I'm in the back of the end zone, open my arms up, let the ball fall directly through there. Last play of the game. Mm. We did a victory celebration. At, we did a victory uh, formation <laughs> after that play. Really? Man, in practice. I, that, I mean, it, it's absolutely insane. So then they go to you again, obviously. Um, 
Were you thinking, all right, I, I need to make this catch guys, to make up for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you yeah. guys see this cup? Yeah. Is that the play? Do you, do you actually see this cup? Uh, yeah, wow. I actually see it. That's the, <laughs> that's the play oh, on that is, cup. Yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> that nice. is unbelievable. That's great. Unbelievable. Yeah, uh, there's better. You, there's, the, um, oh, you can't see it. No, it's, we can't a, see it's, it. A, it's a, it's a uh, platform here in the background. It might not show up on my screen. No. Nope. Yeah, it's all green. All right. It's all green screen. But uh, it's, uh, it's the catch. The same mm. people from Playbook Inc. Uh, sent me a, a a poster board of the catch and uh, sent me a mug. But when Bruce Aarons called that play man in the huddle, I almost lost it because as I'm walking to the uh, line of scrimmage, I'm putting my mouthpiece in and I'm staring at the corner of the end zone, but I'm trying not to, like to give it away. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking around, looking around, but the whole time I'm like, all right, where am I going to stop it in the back of this end zone? Because I know I can't run out of bounds. This is the only place I can go. I got to go stand in the back of the end zone. He called the play, and I'm putting my mouthpiece in, and the defender, the linebacker, he comes out over me, but the whole time, like, he's not staring at me. So usually when a DB or a linebacker not staring at you, they about to blitz. Mm -hmm. This guy did not blitz. I think it was Dansby, maybe. I think it was Carlos Dansby, maybe. He's standing there, and he faked like he was going to jam me, and as a receiver, you always ready to use your hand, fight combat, mm -hmm. and he fake jammed. And I went to swim move and I stumbled off the line of scrimmage and almost fell. And wow. I, you know, I put one hand down the ground and, you know, got back up and was like, okay, where I'm at now, where I'm at. Okay. Focus, focus. All right. See the DB in the, in the middle of the field. My whole objective is to keep him in the middle of the field. Right. So he didn't know if I was running the slant quick or if I was going to the corner. So by the time I took, I remember coach always telling me, Take two steps into the end zone, not two yards. Take two steps in the end zone. It makes a defender think twice about what's your next move. Am I going to hitch up and stop? Am I going to come back across? Am I going to come down to the ball? Am I going to break out? Am I going to break down? Am I going to keep going? Am I going to run to the corner? Am I going to run to the post? We got options for days. So when I looked at uh, Francisco and his face and I saw him, I knew that that corner route was going to be there because of how much separation I got because the defender never put his hands on me at the line of scrimmage. Ah. He gave me a free shot off the line. Yeah, and I'm had sure he jammed me. Had he jammed me up, there's no touchdown. There's no big play. There's no greatest catch. The safety is in the right position to make that play two seconds later had he put his hands on me. Do you think part of it was because of the play before where you dropped the ball and they were like, well, they're definitely not going back to him again? Well, it's four guys in the corner. It's a, it's a linebacker. There's a drop-down safety. There's a corner. And there's a middle field safety playing on cheating to the, to the right side of the field. So they already got this, this cover four to three. But we, we are always taught on offense and even from B.A., Coach Bruce Aarons, that two versus three is a win for us. Mm -hmm. Three versus four <laughs> is a win for us. So – we always had that mentality that no matter how many guys you put on the field, it's our job to know where we need to be at the right time for the quarterback to put the ball in the right place. And that play was drawn up. It couldn't have been drawn up at a, at a more perfect time uh, for us to succeed, you know, than, than having it on the six-yard line. Yeah, there's worse situations to be in in life than being an offensive player on a on a team with Bruce Arians or Andy <laughs> Andy Reid or somebody like that, right? Yeah, like that's Absolutely. that's kind of best case scenario if you're an offensive player.
Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and then all these years later, here Bruce Arians is in the Super Bowl this week. Um, man, I have struggled with this decision. I don't know. Are you one of those guys who still follows the NFL after you finish playing? I would say it's 50-50 on this show with everybody we've interviewed. Some people are like, dude, that was a great time in my life, and I, I, just, I physically can't watch it anymore because either I want to play it or they had a bad memory regarding it. Uh, are you the opposite of like, hey, man, I watch this. I play fantasy football. Uh, are you just as amped for this game as everybody else? I am 85% all-day Pittsburgh Steelers, watching the games, cheering for them, crying when they lose. Uh, I've been a fan since I was a kid, so I'm, I'm all the way Pittsburgh. The other 20-ish percent, uh, you know, goes to my New York family. Um, I'm, I'm still a Jets fan. I watch them every week. Uh, I don't comment on a lot of things because I know the struggle that they're going through mm. and, um, you know, how important it is as a player that you don't feed into the fury of what the media is speaking about, that you have to handle things in-house mm. and make them better so that they can speak better upon you. Um, so with that being said, uh, I'm still a Jets fan, still a Steelers fan, um, but I don't follow football where I'm looking for all the receivers or all the players or the defensive players, none of this stuff. I don't, I don't get into the game that wholeheartedly. Uh, I think I'm more important, more interested in uh, teaching the young guys how important it is to stay in the game, to, to find a place in the game after football, uh, to be a part of the business in the world, um, because it opened up so many more doors for you uh, uh, after football and that you don't just have to depend on it to be its, its main source. It has plenty of resources for you to be successful uh, on and off the field in football. Right, yeah. I mean – to the Jets' struggles, I think you were on uh, you and a, and and Nick Mangold who we had on recently mm. were on that last team for the Jets to make the playoffs in 2010. That's how long it's been now. Man, yeah, yeah. This is Nick Mangold's barbecue sauce right here, by the way. Yeah, Nick was on this oh, week. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw Spe- that. Spe- it's really speaking good. of entrepreneurs. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got a barbecue sauce company that he just started. Yeah, it's 74 awesome. spelled out bbq.com. Yeah, yeah. The website. It, it's, it's really great. Good. Yeah, we had a uh, we had some ribs with it here the other mm-hmm. day. Um, but you yeah. guys, you guys were in the same draft, right? Oh, six. We same high school, same, same, class, same college class, yeah. same draft class. Uh, yeah, I went 22nd. I think he went 25th or 20. No, I went 25th and he went, uh, 29th. He was 29th. 29th yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you were what you were redshirted <laughs> during the, uh, national championship in Oh two, right? Unfortunately, because Trestle was a little bit leery on me and my, uh, consistency mm-hmm. uh, throughout my day. Um, I would show up as one of the, the, the most promising freshmen in practice this weekend. He would just say, next week, you just got the big head. You didn't perform well. You didn't get a few drops, false starts here and there. Um, that that kind of taught me about consistency, man. When I didn't get a chance to play uh, in that national championship game, I was very, very, very hurt that I traveled the entire season, dressed all the games, and just stood on the sideline with my helmet and uniform, you know. I really, really wanted to play, and I wish we would have had the same rule and uh, opportunity that the players have today to be able to play in six games and then get a chance to be redshirted. Yeah. So I think that would have gave me a little bit more confidence uh, in playing. But, dude, when I say I played on the best Ohio State team ever in that 2002 National Championship team, from the freshmen that we had on to – uh, the senior class. Uh, I'm getting goosebumps right now, you know, just thinking about uh, how important it was to play with Mike Jenkins, Chris Gamble, Mike Doss, uh, Maurice Claret, 
uh, Nick Mangold, uh, oh my God, AJ Hawk, Bobby Carpenter, mm. Nate Sally, Dante Whitner, uh, Tyler Everett, uh, Troy Smith, uh, Ted Ginn. Like when I say our team was so good that we 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 just knew that we should have been in the national championship because the head coach, Coach Tressel, can't say enough for him. Um, I love him, you know, like a father. Uh, he educated me a lot on how I speak today, uh, how I handle myself and how I go about, you know, representing Ohio State and just continue to be a people person. Um, I think we learned so much from from that team uh, uh, going forward that all the guys that got drafted to all the guys that played in the NFL, the Will Smiths, the uh, Darian Lee to uh, C. Grant, um, Chris Vance. Uh, oh, my God. Shane Olivier. Um, yeah, there was like there was like Nick, tw- Alex 25, Dude, 30 go, guys I know who were drafted in the NFL. On and on and on about how great, you know, playing at Ohio State. But, yeah, I did rusher. And um, I wish I would have actually got a chance to play because I actually wanted to go to the University of Miami before signing with Ohio State. And they didn't accept me because of whatever reasons. And I was super geeked up that we got a chance to play them in a national championship and got a chance to get a W against them. Yeah, I was well, at, I was at that game. You're probably lucky that you didn't end up uh, down there because. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real. Actually, I saw an article the other day, and it was like forty some, uh, forty some of the players out of the hundred and twenty that were on that uh, last Florida national championship team got arrested at some point. After oh, uh, that. Miami, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, yeah. no, no, Florida, like the one, like. Uh, uh, not Tebow, obviously, but pretty much everybody else. He's talking about University of Miami. No, I though. know he is. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. the Florida teams have trouble with law enforcement from time oh, to time. Dude, well, like crab legs is stealing fucking shit. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, James Winston stealing shit. <laughs> My, Miami, obviously, My, Miami is like murder university. They just yeah. need to, they need to turn that M into murder. murder He's a, look. You're a Florida guy. You know how crazy it gets down there. One of my look. One of my best friends. Played for that uh, that ninety ninety one team. Like that was crazy back okay. in the day with Warren Sapp and those guys. The stories he has, he's like, dude, I'm surprised we didn't die. It was like we were doing coke and fucking strippers. And he goes, you name it, was going down there. He was like, dude, there was boats for us. And he's like, as long as we were winning, we were on like yachts with, you know, you name it. And I was like, holy shit. Uh, It's just a different world down there than when you go to, you know, a a more traditional school. Dude, it's the land of paradise, man. What do you expect? I know. You got got every culture mixture. Uh, down South Miami, man, it's it's a, it's awesome. It's an amazing place. It is, but when you're trying to become a professional as a kid in college, you could easily go the other route and be like, "All right, sweet, I'd rather just ha- do a bunch of coke and fuck strippers." But or do methamphetamines and, and wrestle alligators. True, right? True. Either it can way. go either way in yeah. Florida. Hey, look, the street, the streets they claim many of them. I know. God, dude. It's crazy because Miami almost was under that rule where uh, what's the rule where they just throw you out for good? It's called like the death rule or something like that. Which one are you talking about? Uh, the NCAA? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Where they yeah. end up just killing the program. Uh, Hot Bob, do you know what that is? That the is? death penalty. It's death the death penalty, penalty yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not really uh, – they call it the death penalty because it makes your team unviable for any kind of real competition for years. Like right? 20 years, yeah. SMU yeah. went underneath it. And... Well, I mean, Penn State kind of did too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were real close. Yeah. They were really they, close they, to the they death They kind of backed off on some of the stuff at the end, but to be honest, they should have nuked the whole program. Hey. 
Like, if you fuck around with kids, you got to go. They should have, they should have, everybody, anybody that saw anything and didn't do anything or see anything, all those people should have been, should have been lined up outside and executed. Yeah. Like, that's the one, (laughs) that is the one thing. I'm a Penn State graduate, too. I don't give a fuck. Uh, You fuck with kids, you die. Yeah, That's pretty much my opinion on that. Yeah, it's bad. That's bad for business. Well, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It certainly it, is. Bad for business, bad for children, all, all, all of it, all the way around. Look, you were going against those Penn State teams too, man. Um, yeah, shit. Uh, still, yeah, they, tough battles, you know. <laughs> it's still, look, I, for whatever reason, playing Penn State's always been difficult. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, shit. Because that was that was towards the end of the Patino years, uh, the Paterno years when you were there. Um, yeah. Patino's the same way. Uh, Rick Patino, Jesus Christ. Uh, you're only off by a couple letters there. But Dope. Yeah. Dope. Man, there was, Man. A, there was a game that I was at when he shit himself on the sidelines and then had to run it in uh, to the bathroom <laughs> during the second quarter. And <laughs> I don't, were you playing against them during that? Cause I was like, I'm watching what, the stands and I what was year, like, what year was this? man, look up, Bob, Bob, look up the year that uh, Paterno shit himself and had to run into, uh, into the locker room. That was towards the end. And I was like, Oh boy, how, uh, how long are they going to let him that do was this? 2006. So it was 2006. Was, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that was oh, that man. was the year that was the year you redshirted. So that was against Ohio that was my State. Draft. No, that was my draft year. It was your draft. Oh, that was your draft, draft year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that it was, was against. It was it was against Ohio State actually. It was. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. Yeah, I was at, I was at the game and I was like, well, that was the that was the uh, the one versus two season. Yeah. Yes. Correct. But look, yeah. who among us? Hasn't shit their pants at some point. You know what I mean? It's fine. It happens. Uh, that's why I but dive up you're now. You're in front of 110,000 people at Ohio State. Like it's a lot of people to shit your pants in front of. You know. I feel like I mean, hey, he, you he had a moment. I've, 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 I've never gone from zero to shit my pants though. There's always there's warning signs, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Like I understand that it's that you're trying to stay out on the field and stuff, but it is what it is, man. You know what yeah. I mean? You're, what are yeah. you gonna do? You just get shit yourself and then have to run back with <laughs> shitty pants? Go, go, like call a goddamn timeout, dude. Yeah, it's the first half. It was in the second quarter of the game. Call yes. timeout yes. and be like, "Hey, I got a shit." We just gonna, didn't just leave. Yeah, like you're Joe Paterno. Who the fuck's gonna say anything? Well, I think he was just too old and didn't know and was probably surprised. And somebody came up behind him and was like. <clears throat> Uh, Joe Pot, you, you shit yourself, bro. You got to run this off. You think he was diped up at that point? No, I think he was. That was close. He probably diped up there from there going forward. Yeah. It was a depends moment after that for the yeah. rest of his yeah, yeah. his career. <laughs> hey, you guys are a little bit man. This is why we're on the freaking Drinking Bro show. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. dude. Hey. I, I mean, look, if if you don't discuss shitting your pants, um, you know. Uh, cause fuck, you were talking about Plaxico Burris earlier catching that game winner, dude. Dan was in the military; has killed mm. hundreds of people. Mm. Um, I learned about gun safety from Plaxico Burris for mm. real, um, and I learned about Damn. the gun laws. I had an illegal gun out in L.A. I was living in Los Angeles at the time, but I was a huge in, in a fantasy football. And I remember when Plaxico shot himself in the leg, um, and then ended up going to a prison for a couple of years. That's what taught me about like gun safety and, and registering guns properly after that dude i had to go and get a registered gun after that i was like oh shit that's how long you can serve in prison like for real dead serious i, I had an uh i had an illegal maybe you should own. send him uh, a nice like christmas card or something this year i was i mean yeah maybe like, i was thanks for the lessons oh yeah i was so paranoid about it it was like true detective type shit that i went out at like three in the morning, set an alarm and then threw it into the LA River to like to get rid of it and everything else. I was like, I don't want anybody to know. I don't know how many years I'm facing with this goddamn thing. 
And then I went to a, a place in L.A. because there's not that many places to buy guns when I was there. Uh, there was one place called the Gun Store in the Valley. Yeah. You got to go to the – there's one in the Valley. There's a couple in Orange County. And then yep. there's some out like near in the Empire area. Yeah. But, yeah, it's pretty – it's not – look – it's California. Plaxico, though, taught me, dude. I, I, I could have been popped for that, so I did learn some things. <laughs> um, Santonio, San we, we've got some sponsors who pay for the show to be on the air, so I'm going to breeze through those here in a second. And then afterwards, I want to get your, your thoughts on this Super Bowl. Obviously, you'll be watching it, um, and I, I would assume you're rooting for Bruce Arians here. Um, but, uh, yeah, let us go through the sponsors, and then I, I, we want to ask your thoughts on the Super Bowl, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Great. Uh, first and foremost, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. You're probably staring at the screen now and you're like, dude, when you called in, you're like, why the fuck do these guys have a bed in their studios? That's dude, what I-, I, I was looking down like, <laughs> damn, is that really a, like a mattress? Or yeah. Is that- is it like is it a massage table? That's a real bed. Well, no, it's a milking it, table actually. But yeah, and it but it does both. If you, it's got a remote control, so you can make the whole bed vibrate if you want. That's true. Let me uh, turn it on. Yeah, a little, it's a little bit freaky stuff going on over there, man. Uh, oh, I don't know, dude. So we got a Friday night show called the Friday Night Jack Sash with a guy named Mac uh, Jack Mandeville, and he pops in there and does the show, a call-in show live from the bed. Um, and he's vibrating on the bed. Oh, yeah. And we've had, look, we've had anything from like Oscar winners, Super Bowl MVPs, obviously, to porn stars. And uh, on this show, we don't discriminate here. I can feel it vibrating. Yeah, you, you can feel it yeah, vibrating. They get the in the Friday studio. session, huh? Yes, yes. That goes on Patreon because we're like, hey, we can't show this to the real world. Uh, but if you're out Absolutely. there and want 40% off uh, the bundle package and the adjustable base, look at it, it's going up right now. Yeah, use that remote to go all the way up, show the people. Uh, go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. As always, they got a 36 month pay as you go program. No interest there. And all of those deals on the website, including the 40% off uh, bondage pack are applicable with that. Uh, just use the promo code drinking bros at checkout at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today. Next up, we got DraftKings. Oh yes. We're using DraftKings. Brother, I like it. Uh, we're, we're using DraftKings for the Super Bowl. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code BROS to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use the promo code Drinking Bros now and enter the 50. Man, is this is this a, is that real? The promo code is free? just bros, just bros on this one. Yeah. But it's the free fifty-five million dollars Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl Fifty-Five. Uh, terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions uh, apply. See the DraftKings.com uh, for details today. Again, download uh, the app and. Uh, Type in the promo code BROS for the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. I mean, it seems like a lot of money, $55 million. When you look, you think about it in context, in the last eight years, they've, their players have won a billion dollars. Correct. Over a billion dollars. Yes. Right? So it's, is it that much money? I mean, not really. Not really. And I, and I will Compared say Compared to the revenue that they're fucking dealing with here. Because, I mean, no, I'm sorry, $7 billion. $7 billion, Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. 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 So it's almost a billion dollars a year in, in, in payouts. So $55 million one time, that's not that big a deal for these guys. It's a big-ass thing, and a lot of people are playing it. Not at all. And, and if you don't think it's possible, <laughs> we've been doing giveaways in Drinking Bros Sports on Facebook to pick the exact scores of games. Uh, so last week, San Antonio, we had a, a giveaway – Whoever picked the exact score of the Chiefs game got a uh, signed Patrick Mahomes jersey. Um, and, dude, we had three people guess the actual score 
to the thing. So like, dude, if you're out there at home and you're like, I can't do this. Three people did it within just our drinking bros Facebook group. And, uh, and they won, uh, well, the first, we said the first one to do it. We want to sign Patrick Mahomes jersey. So he got that. Um, and then on Drinking Bros Sports this week, uh, we'll be doing uh, a giveaway as well for a, a signed Tom Brady football in there. So it is possible, man. Shit, three people hit it last week. Uh, you can hit it now. Go there. Um, and then, uh, well, dude, we got Raycon up next, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, buyraycon.com forward slash Drinking Bros. You know Raycon? You want to talk about making the most out of your money? That's Ray J's company, San Antonio. Yeah. One of his dozen yeah, of the little, he, the little earbuds, right? Yeah, yeah, really dude. Good, yeah. Um, you want to talk about a guy who's an entrepreneur? Holy shit, dude. Ray he's J. in everything. Dude, he's in these. So like, these ear- he owns part of Bird, too, I think. Yeah, he owned part of Bird, the yeah. scooters. Yeah. Uh, he owns part of the earbuds. Like, dude, Ray J, Ray J. You should send out Ray J to start talking to kids. Holy Seriously. shit. Um, man, look, that's. I think that's just part of the importance in our world, man, is to be able to understand the the type of power that we do have when we are educated. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We can we can make these kind of decisions, we can make these kind of power moves and play in the same game with the power league players, but we just have to be educated on what, you know, is it, what's available for us and uh, you know, just just go out and take a leap of faith. I, I invested in uh I invested in a company called TrueSoft. And before you know it, uh because I had a relationship with a few grocery store chains, I was able to negotiate getting TrueSalt involved in a couple other grocery chains. So that increased my investment portfolio. Uh, I just think opportunities like that, you know, come a diamond dozen and, you know, just don't be afraid to take advantage of them. I agree. And look, Ray J's been doing it with these Raycons. Um, uh, he was one of those guys who invested a lot of his money in all these angel firms. Yep. Um, we saw these things in like airports, like all the time, because Dan and I travel mm. a lot for, for the shows. I was like, what are those? And somebody said they were Raycons. So we reached out to them, chatted with them. And we were like, look, man, Bose and like Dr. Dre, you know, the beats and all that stuff are great. Those are like 350 bucks. Uh, these things here, you get 15% off Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for all of the listeners for the wireless headphones. Uh, just go to buyraycon.com forward slash drinking bros. That's it. And you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Uh, feel free to grab a pair and a spare pair. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash drinking bros, buyraycon.com slash drinking bros. And it knocks it down to like 65 bucks. So they're super affordable and we use them all the time. Uh, and it's rad. They got the best base of any of the in-ear earbuds that I've used. I agree. I agree. And I like to deafen myself. Uh, to <laughs> maximum levels. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we do. Yep. That's what we do here. And then uh, last but not least here, we got Hawthorne.co. I'm using the whole suite now. You should. Like, I'm, I'm, I can't, I could not be softer right now. Yeah. Skin, you look, you hair. Look soft. I do, yeah. Yeah, you feel like soft. Like, you, you, could, you could touch my skin mm-hmm. anytime you want. Yeah, yeah. You can. That that doesn't go for all of you out there in public. If you any of you motherfuckers touch me, I'll shoot you in the yeah, face. Yeah, just but. don't touch don't, don't touch Dan in public, obviously. But yeah. uh, well, I mean, you can touch me in my private area in public. Correct. You just can't touch the rest of his body. <laughs> right. So if you want to come up and, and grab his junk, he's totally cool for that. Just don't touch his face. Or yeah, anything. the sponsors love this. Guys way. and girls, or just girls. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you never it, know how that night's going to go, San Antonio. Yeah. It depends on you know? the temperature, too. It's not uh, It's not technically gay if it's under 32 degrees. Correct. That's a rule from the All military. Right. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. if it's, look, it's if, under freezing, then it's good. You're good to go. If it hits 31, go ahead and give him a grab, dude. No, I'm, I'm at 31.9. I'm, 
Yeah, you're in. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm watching the decimals at that point. Uh, br- bring, a, bring a thermometer out with you and uh, to see if you can touch Dan. Also, take care of your, your, your face and hands and all the other stuff, man. They got products for dudes, uh, the best in the market, face washes, all that stuff. Uh, just do what I did. You take a, a Hawthorne's quiz today. Get started on your personalized self-care routine by going to hawthorne.co. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS to get 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Promo code drinking bros, Hawthorne.co, promo code drinking bros there. Uh, and you're looking at uh, 10% off, I believe, on your on your first order there. Uh, Super Bowl. Let's get into it. Let's get nasty here, Santonio. Uh, spread is three and a half. Um, we we obviously gamble a lot on this show. This is the this is the toughest decision I've ever had to make here. Um, on this show regarding teams, even like last week, I, I told everybody I felt confident in, in my picks. And if I lost, I lost, right? Um, which I did. I lost bad last week. I had McGregor. I had Green Bay winning. Um, and then I had the Bills plus nine and a half. That did not work out. Daddy hasn't had many bad weekends this year at all. A matter of fact, I, I think I can count three Possibly four in the in the last nineteen weeks. Now, is there any way we can not get you to all. not call yourself Daddy anymore? No, not at all. Great, I, like that's going to continue. <laughs> so so I, I should just go ahead and kill myself then. Yeah, right. I would. I would. Great. I definitely would. Sweet. Um, because right. Daddy's having a God hard time with this pick here. Are we Look, are we at three and a half? Just, I got a new rifle today, so you need to calm down. He did. He did. I'm going to Plaxico Burris you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, man. Do I have to pay him a, a quarter every time I say that? No. Is it, but, like, is it like you're fired with Donald Trump? Do you know how many years Plaxico has saved people in jail, including myself, dude? Well, I'm, hey, I'm grateful for it's that. It's public service. Exactly. Good for him. Uh, who do you got, Tampa Bay versus Kansas? On Kansas, look, I, I look at Kansas City. On paper, they should win this game. However, there, uh, there feels to be, there, there's like some weird magic in the air. It that feels Tom like oh nine. It, it feels like oh nine with the Saints, right? Like going into those playoffs, yeah. I'm like, holy shit, they're gonna fucking win this. Yes. And I didn't. And there was no point during any game during that playoff season with Breeze that I thought they weren't gonna win the game. Right. Even though on paper they should not have won some of them. Right? I, I agree. Yeah. It's it does kind of feel like that, but that is, uh, come on, it's not gonna happen. Uh, look, Arians has been there before. Tom Brady's been there before. Uh, the line is plus three and a half here for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, so who, who do you got in this Super Bowl, San Antonio? Oh, my God. Why would you throw this at me? I'm a player. We don't gamble. We I, don't bet. I, look, I uh, understand. So not, not, not in a gambling sense here. What would your gut tell you? Because no. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm trying to boil it down. Because yeah. when, you, when, you match, when you match up the offenses, they're both unstoppable. Mm-hmm. You give an advantage to Mahomes because he can get out of the pocket. But now you got to take a, de- uh, a defect because he has the toe injury. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking at him at, you know, losing a couple percentage on how well he gets out of pocket, you know, how fast Pierre Paul and those guys are coming off the end. Yeah. Then you got a good defense in, in Kansas City that understands – how to keep a quarterback in the pocket and disrupt the pocket of a quarterback that is a good pocket pass. That's a really good point, actually, because they're not so the Tom best. Is, they're yeah. not the best defense on paper, but they're really good at containing. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good point. So, so now they're forcing themselves in in the midst of where Tom likes to be his most comfortable. You're going to force Mahomes into his most comfortable, which is getting outside, scrambling, finding Kelsey or uh, or Hill. You know, running, running deep and, and running wild and free. Um, 
but you got those weapons, like I said, on offense with uh, with Tom Brady that he can manage the game from first quarter to fourth quarter, 20, 30 seconds yeah. left on the clock. That, that team looks uh, a lot different with a healthy Mike Evans, doesn't it? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. That dude so, can, that so dude that can play fucking football. That's going to be my next point when it comes down to what receivers are going to make the biggest splash plays. Scotty and, Miller? Ah, Antonio Brown. A.B., Scotty. A.B. <laughs> but Scotty Miller, I bet, catches a touchdown pass in this game. Uh, maybe. I'm telling you. For Tampa Bay? Yeah. Yeah. I bet he does. He's, he's like becoming Cole Beasley. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cole- I, I like I'm, – I'm a Bruce Aarons fan yep. every day. Um, I, I don't – I've never counted Tom Brady out of a game unless I played against him. <laughs> um, but until then, you know, he's, he's kicked my butt a few times. Um, but I'm 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 gonna probably go with Kansas City. Oh. And the reason I'm gonna go with Kansas City, I mean, being a Florida, you know, guy, being a home guy, I've never rooted for Tampa Bay. Uh, I mean, I, I I see it happening. I'm I'm glad Tom Brady and Bruce Harris made it. Uh, Byron Leftwich, you know, with my quarterback in Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, uh, Randall L, you know, really good friend. Um, you know, that staff, like I I know those people, but. I feel real confident in how Mahomes plays, you know, compassionately that he could turn it on, you know, within one or two quarters that there's 20, 30 unanswered points and it makes a big difference mm. in how, how the game plays. So I can see that being a, a, an advantage point uh, up in this game. But like I said, I will never count uh TV 12 out of any game. But you are taking Kansas City, correct? <sighs> Don't put me on the spot like that, bro. I just I gave you my analogy. Like, what I, I I, thinking, look, bro. man, I, I, <sighs> I get it, yeah. but we have to pick yeah. one. And this is what I'm yeah. agonized over because, look, you can essentially throw the line out the window here when it's that close. Um, you know, if it is a field goal game, I guess, you know, congratulations. You, you have the half a point on that if it's still there. Um, but there just seems to be some form of magic in the air. I mean, imagine if you got to play the Super Bowl in your own stadium. What kind of advantage is that? COVID season. Yeah. Yeah. They they've lost in their seat. They're lost at home. It it at this point, it's a big advantage, but remember, it's been about 5 weeks since they even played in that stadium. Man, you know, that's right. They've been on the road. They've been on the road a lot. Uh, yeah, they get to come back and play home, but man, it's a lot of pressure on our back now because we're playing at home. This is our first game back home in a couple weeks, and it's the biggest game of the end of the season. That's why I say I can't count twelve out. But if I had to go with a pick, I'm gonna go with uh with fifteen. Yeah, I'm not sure Patrick Mahomes gives two fucks what stadium he's in. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure he even sees anything outside of the sidelines. He he seems like one of those guys that's super focused when he is focused, like sometimes like the, like we make that warriors analogy a lot. Sometimes they're like, this is boring. We're too good to, it's like you're in a conversation with somebody and about, you know, 10% into the conversation. You're like, Oh, I'm this, this person is not smart enough to be talking to me. Right. And you just kind of zone out. Yeah. They're like, yeah. And the, and the earth is fucking flat. And you're like, yeah, big time brother. All right. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I, you know, when he is focused though, it's that I don't think, I don't know if we've ever seen anything like this before. Uh, it, it's, it is incredible, the stuff that that kid does. Um, 
The toe thing, I'm not sure it's going to be that big a deal. Well, he's had two weeks off, at least, for the toe thing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I don't know the severity of Antonio Brown's injury. I know he's going to play. They have already announced that. But uh, it looked like he had tweaked his knee uh, the week before. Um, because the last four weeks of the season, him and Brady were absolutely dealing together. Yeah. I mean, it looked like old AB <clears throat> where, where, I mean, he was just absolutely trucking people like oh gosh I, th this is so tough for me because i I've, again i i would have said like i did say on air and i bet a lot of money that the packers would win the last game and they got beat somehow and it wasn't like brady was that great in that game either he had three picks i think his qbr was 55 percent but tampa bay's defense looks nasty with that devin white kid back and uh I think I'm going to have to – we have a Super Bowl, a huge Super Bowl uh, uh, Wednesday show where we go through, like, all the prop bets and everything. Because, I mean, it gets crazy. You can go for how many yards people are going to get and, and all that stuff, which we're going to do on Wednesday. But right now, as of Monday, start of the Super Bowl week, I'm leaning towards Tom Brady. And not even so much the Buccaneers because I'm with you, man. I don't give a shit about the Buccaneers, and I don't know anybody else who has either to be – Real with you. Until he got there, nobody even cared. Even the year they won, what was it, 02? Yeah. That, Who, that it was, was like Dilfer. It was no, an all no, defensive whoa, whoa. team. Mike Allstott and Work Dunn were there. They had, a, they, had, they had some offense. But they had, they had Keyshawn. Yeah, Keyshawn Johnson was there. But it wasn't a sexy, it was a more of a defensive team. Everybody cared about Warren Sapp and those guys. <laughs> like, that wasn't yeah. a sexy He's Super broke. Bowl at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with this, it's like, dude, Brady versus Mahomes, like th they've both been there. So everybody knows what to expect. Uh, like you were saying, Bruce Arians has been there. He knows what to expect. Um, well, all right, let me ask you this from a Bruce Arians perspective. Does he, does he throw in crazier plays because it's the Super Bowl and it's Bruce Arians? Like, you know him. Um, I think he's going to stick with the most comfortable, but he's probably going to hit you with a few plays that another team has beat you with. Uh, he's going to pull some of those plays out, mm. but uh, that's actually true. Part, he did that last week. He ran a play that they got beat with earlier in the year. That was one of their scoring plays from last week. Yeah, oh, yeah. not yeah. The, not the same oh, yeah. team, but he ran a play that Tampa Bay had gotten beat on earlier in the season right. against another team, and and it worked. I mean, that's it's pretty smart. Oh, right? You better believe. <laughs> you better believe every coach in America. We we watch those plays. We get to see the big plays that happen against. Uh, a specific defense right or <clears throat> that we coach would say hey we're putting in a new play and they're showing us to play that the team that we're playing against got beat on last week right yeah uh, so we're going to actually steal that play and we're going to just throw it in but we figure out the right time when to throw it in and i think that's what that's what's going to happen he's going to throw in a few mixture plays but they're going to stick to to the same thing that they've been been working with all season because you don't want to get out of pocket and get too fancy too cute about how you want to win this ball game. This is a game about understanding the minutes, the seconds, and mm -hmm. every inch uh, of a blade of grass on this football field that we have to either defend or we have to oppose uh, uh, our way, you know, and push our way through. So coach is going to continue, you know, running those those quick pass plays, uh, getting the, the crossing routes, and, you know, getting getting his guys, his two big receivers in Brown and, uh, you know, Evans uh, down the field. And then you got 14, you know, him and uh, uh, Grunk, you know, back and forth across the field, you know, crossing each other. Yeah. And I think that's that's just a game that they're going to continue to play. It's been easy to identify their their their, their plans, but it's hard to stop them, yeah, you know, because you have a quarterback that understands 
where the ball should be thrown, when it's a back shoulder throw, when it's a, a short third down throw, uh, uh, where to place a ball, you know, when the defender is draped all over him, mm. he has the skill set, the touch pass to put the ball, you know, in different places. Yep. And I think that's just going to be the biggest advantage that that Tom Brady has is that he understands um, where to place the ball. And yeah. it's going to be on his receivers to make those big plays. It's easy to overlook because he had three picks in that last game. But the first touchdown pass he threw was one of them. It might be the most perfect pass I've ever seen thrown. I mean, yes. it's, it's like the, yeah. the, the receiver's running and he just does like this. Bloop. Yeah. And yeah. it's and the defender's hands are like right here, and the ball almost skims his fingertips. Bloop! Like, oh shit! All right, yeah, you're forty three. That's, that's, that's what cool. I meant by by defending yeah. every blade of <clears throat> inch of grass. Like you have to you have to understand that every inch counts, whether it's going backwards or forward. Right. There's a lot of psychological shit involved in that too. That that's why I think uh, I think AB is gonna be. I think they have two or three big plays in mind for him for for the game. I don't mean routes i mean like right. specific plays at specific points in the game yep because what you don't want to have have happen is come out run the first big play of the game he catches the ball or drops whatever downfield but then gets hurt he's out of the game that's a momentum shifter like fuck we lost ab you don't want that shit to happen right, right. so sometimes particularly if you get up by a touchdown you run fucking you watch and watch this it will i promise you it will happen they're gonna do like play action or something like that and throw deep to AB if he's if he is indeed in the game. If right? he's if he's healthy, man, I, he's got a really good shot at MVP too because yeah. you could go to him all day. Um, I mean, Tom Brady's got the pedigree; he's got four already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think anybody's ever had five. As a matter of fact, I don't think any quarterback has ever won five Super Bowls except for him. Oh, right? this would be number seven. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah, saying. He's, seven, he's got yeah. he's got four MVPs. I know. Already. I know. So we'll see. But <clears throat> yeah, this is gonna be. Uh, uh, all, both teams have extremely good offenses. Uh, Tampa Bay's got a better defense, obviously, but Kansas City's good at managing with the defense they have. Mm -hmm. And you have two of the best offensive-minded coaches in history. Plus, you have the whole narrative of, uh, you know, Brady just two years ago in the AFC Championship kind of ruined Mahomes' year, right? Yeah. I mean, he fucked it up. Uh, and this is payback time. And it's also the passing of the torch from one generation to the next. What we know to be the greatest quarterback of all time right now and what we think to be maybe the greatest quarterback of the future. You yeah. know what I mean? This is, this could, this is the best marketing uh, that just kind of occurred organically that the NFL could have ever hoped for. Oh, yeah. This is a, this is a dream for the NFL. Yeah. Let me ask you this. The, like, you know, when you caught the game-winning touchdown, you became Super Bowl MVP. Uh, what did you do that night? Uh, and did you sleep the next day? Like, like, what's the craziness that is surrounded by that? Because it's got to be a hard thing to wrap your mind around where you think back as a kid out in the backyard or out in the streets catching balls with your friends. Everybody's sudden, always pretending like, oh, it's 10 seconds left in the Super Bowl. We're on the 20-yard line. I made line. the catch, yeah, and whatever. I'm the guy. Like, yeah. what is it really like that night after the Super Bowl is over? Are you aware of how big that moment is? And do you go back to the hotel and watch the plays over and over again on SportsCenter? Um, definitely tired after the game. Um, if you exert, if you exert every piece of energy, every ounce of energy that you have, um, you know, that's when, that's when, you know, okay, I can rest now. Like season's over. I don't have to get up and go to meetings. I got no more practice, no more uniform, no more shoulder pads, helmets, no more getting up at 5am driving to work. Uh, it's all, it's all, it's all, all for everything. Um, but that night after the Super Bowl, uh, hung out with the guys. We we all hung out in the in the hotel together, and I went upstairs and I watched Madagascar, man, with my kids. <laughs> you know? Are you serious? I absolutely. I got the photos, uh, you know, of us That's in the room and just hanging out. Mm. 
uh, it was a, it was just a moment to share with them because they were underage, so they didn't know the importance or how significant this was. But I just wanted to be with them. I didn't want to go and share it with everybody and my kids just never be able to experience and understand what that was like. Yeah. Uh, so I was I stayed in a hotel with them and and we just watched Madagascar the next morning. I was up before the sunrise because I had the the, the MVP uh, interview mm. session to do the next day. And uh, then I had to drive right over to uh, Disney World right after uh, the game was over. So, of course. Um, yeah, we did the did the Disney World uh, mm-hmm. tour, and before you know it, man, we were back in Pittsburgh doing the uh, doing the big celebration with the city and the team, and it was a new season started. Like it was here and gone, you know. Before you know it, yeah. But you so you got to take your kids to Disneyland, being the the guy who says, "Yeah, you just won the Super Bowl MVP. What are you doing now? I'm going to go to Disney World." And you're, and then you're there. You, We're you, going to Disney World. Yeah. <laughs> what if what if you just walked out and said you were going to Six Flags and then just double birded like get fucked Disney? You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, look, I, there's got to be so much pressure in that moment, dude. <laughs> Damn, that would be hilarious. I'll, I would do it. I, but there's still pressure in. It. I remember. Hey, look, I'm, God. I was say I always heard. I used to hear the people say it all the time on TV after the Super Bowl. Hey, we're going to Disney World and. Mm. I got me and Big Ben got a chance to say it. You know, yeah. that was that was probably a really, really awesome time. Yeah. You know, just to be in that moment uh, to say, you know, I'm going to Disney World <laughs> after winning the Super Bowl. Oh, man. What if you, you just turned it like Dan said and you boned him and you were like, look, some <laughs> another sponsor paid me more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what if it was uh, uh, like I'm going to the strip club, maybe? Yeah, I'm going to Pink Pony yeah. or something like that. I'm going to Pink Pony. What's the one in Miami? might have paid you more. What's the one in Miami that Homeboy got caught going to? Uh, he's like the the wings are really good, man. I'm going for the wings. Like, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, you're going yeah. for the, the, the lemon oh, pepper uh, wings. Uh, yeah, you're going for the titties, man. What's the name of that club? I can't. Even who think of who was that? It was Atlanta. Oh, it was Atlanta. Yeah, it was Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. It was. They do allegedly have really good food. Was that? It was Lemon Pepper Lou. Um, uh, the Lou. Uh, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon Pepper Lou is the greatest nickname too of all time for going to the strip club. Um, that is too funny. Lou Williams, dude, yeah. that's the best. <clears throat> that's the best. I like Lou Williams. Didn't he win a six man of the year a couple years he's ago? Like ninety of them. Yeah. He's yeah, always he, the six man like of the year. Like five of them. Yeah, yeah. he's got a couple. Five, right? It's either him or Jamal Crawford most years, right? Every Shit. single year. Well, like. not anymore, but yeah, back then for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Santonio, man, we appreciate you being on the show today. This, this was a blast. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you on social media. Hell yeah. Hey, everybody check me out, man. Um, on Santonio homes, uh, on Facebook, you can catch me on third and long foundation, uh, on Facebook as well. And, uh, 10 all in foundation on Facebook as well. Um, my Instagram got hacked. Uh, I was at tone time 10. Um, I lost about 37,000 followers, uh, which sucks. But I'm uh, I'm at underscore tone time ten, which is my new uh, uh, personal IG, and um, yeah, you can definitely find me. You know, just giving back to the community and just trying to do what I can uh, and just help out as much as I can. How how, how did they hack you? Did they post a bunch of weird shit? How did you know? Yeah, someone someone posted uh, something to my DM, and it was from actually one of my friends. Mm. So I opened the message and thought it was a message from them. And they kept asking me to change my password to my account. So I was like, I'm not changing my password to my account. 
And when I wouldn't change my password, they kept sending messages back because I opened that first message. Mm. Uh. And they flooded my uh, my DM inbox with messages so I couldn't get back into So once I had to, I had to cut it off, mm. I had to hang it up. And then when I went back in, they had hacked it. And that's when they took over my, face, my Instagram account. Damn, dude, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Somebody hacked uh, Draymond Green's too once, I think. No, no, yeah. that was uh, just Draymond taking oh. shots of his wiener. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, Which, whatever. Oh, man, Santonio, he's covering his face right now. He can't even handle it. <laughs> Look, his... dare but for the grace of God, go I. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we've we've on, all, when we've you're all... on the story option, you know, you got to make sure that that doesn't load. Um, <laughs> hey, that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly why you guys got this podcast. You get to talk and say whatever the hell you want to say. That's exactly right. Yeah. You, you weren't yeah. the one that did it. So, that's hey. right. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's nothing I can do. Like, if you go back through all of these episodes and be like, yeah, I, I did say that. Yeah, I did say that, especially when you're live like this, because it's yeah. just going out live right yeah. now. So it's fine. That's Absolutely. the beauty of it. Uh, hey, man, we appreciate it. Uh, huge fan. This is a huge honor for us here. Uh, for Santonio Holmes, D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway, I'm Ross Patterson. This is the Drinking Bros Podcast. Good night, everyone.